So, today I was asked to kick off a new series about, like you said, the Book of Romans. And whenever I think of Romans, personally at least, it's usually a bunch of heavy topics like sin and death and um, the consequences for our actions. And, you know, that's, that's heavy stuff to deal with. But in the midst of this, there is hope for us, um, which is just the greatest news ever. So, some of us may be familiar with this, others may not. So, I encourage you to pay attention to the way and maybe even take some notes. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to use this to share with your friends too. So, first, Romans. What is Romans? Why, why, why is it called Romans? So, Paul, um, Paul like wrote most of the New Testament. Um, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome to teach them what it means to follow Jesus. And Rome, of course, um, has an emperor, the, the Caesar. Um, and, you know, Caesar is, in, in the Roman culture, Caesar is Lord. You obey Caesar. So the church having this idea that you should actually know Caesar isn't Lord, Jesus is Lord, um, that really just goes against them. So it's, it's, it's dangerous to be a Christian in this time. So this is also the longest letter that Paul wrote. So it tells you something that there's probably a lot of good information in here. And Paul really outlines that this is a clear presentation of the gospel for the church of, uh, in Rome. So starting, what is sin? Colin, what's sin? Define it for us. That's a good answer. Um, Google defines it as an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. Um, a good analogy for this, it's like an archery target. And you, you're sitting there with your bow and you're trying to shoot and hit the bullseye. Except if you're off by any sort of millimeter, it's like a million years like it's possible us for not, to not sin because that's who we are as humans. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Whenever sin, sin entered into our lives since the fall back in Genesis, um, it's, it's just always going to be there no matter what, and we can't overcome it alone. Um, and it's, it's one of the things that we all share. Um, we're all created by God, and we all sin. That, that's, just what, what we make, that, that's what makes us human. Um, and at the end of the day, no matter how much power, money, or fame you have, you are still a broken sinner just like the rest of us. <clears throat> like I said, heavy topics. Um, so God's standards are impossible for us to reach alone. And without God, you can never reach the bullseye and be without sin. So sin, it's bad. It's bad stuff. Um, what is the effect of it? So God created us to thrive in his creation with everlasting happiness and to be spiritually alive in him. And though the earthly things may seem more appealing in the moment, but what they provide you is not ever going to eternally satisfy you. And you'll just keep feeling empty whenever it wears off. So it's like your heart is, it's like a puzzle and it's like a thousand pieces, and 999 of them are in place. But without that one piece that, that's Jesus that fits in the middle, it, it's never going to be the complete picture of what it's supposed to look like. And other pieces, like money, power, fame, all this stuff, it might fit just a little bit, but it's never going to perfectly make the picture what it's supposed to be. Um, <clears throat> C.S. Lewis, the author of Narnia Books, put it this way. We have a strange illusion that mere time cancels sin. But mere time does nothing either to the fact or to the guilt of sin. So that means that um, when, you, when you do this sin, you're going to feel the guilt of it. You're, you're going to feel that you have done wrong, that you've wronged somebody, and you can't overcome that alone. So sin always messes things up, and it's bad stuff. Romans 6.23a, the first half, says that for the wages of sin is death. And because sin is in us, our wage, or what we deserve, is death. The eternal life that God has to offer us cannot happen when we have sin in our lives. So sin sucks the life out of us, it sucks the joy out of us, and God's peace out of us. 
It kills. So, that's a bunch of bad stuff. But what is God's plan in spite of this? So God makes us a gracious offer out of his goodness. And the other half of that verse, Romans 6, 23b, says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is what we call, well, I heard it called one time, it's called a vicarious victory. And at the time, I did not know what vicarious meant, but vicarious means that it's won by another. So we didn't do anything to deserve this victory. We're just broken people, but God gives us a chance at victory, and it's a chance at a new start and a new life in him. Um, and God extends this, this offer, this present, to anyone, no matter their background, their history, or their mistakes. And we accept it by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, making him in charge of our lives. Um, and some of us in here have accepted it, and man, that is just the greatest thing ever. I've accepted it too. It's really changed my life. Um, but some of you haven't, and I just cannot encourage you enough to make that decision, because tomorrow isn't promised. And so, just, man, do it today. Uh, but you may be thinking, I'm just such a mess. There is no way God would ever want me. Um, I have, I did this and this and this other thing, and I did this when I was younger, and so I'm, I'm just too broken. And many times people refuse the gift because they think there's such a screw-up, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll accept it whenever I've, you know, dropped this bad habit and made up with this person and drop all the things that aren't Christ-like. But Romans 5.8 tells us that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. He will meet you wherever you are, in whatever dark valley you are in, he will meet you there, and he will help you out of it. While we were stuck doing bad things, while our attitudes aren't good towards him, or we don't treat others the way they deserve to be treated, God will meet you wherever you are. And he, he, he doesn't wait for us to be good enough before he offered us this gift of eternal life, and he offers it even now. So, in closing, perhaps you haven't accepted this gift yet. I just want to challenge you. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Wow. Um, <laughs> that was dramatic. Uh, what's stopping you from accepting this gift? Um, why, why don't you want to receive the greatest gift you could possibly ever receive? And will you accept it even tonight? For those of you that already have accepted this, like I said, I'm so glad you made that decision, but the work isn't finished. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 tells us to go and make disciples of all the nations, that we need to go everywhere and spread this good news. And in this next week, um, be praying for someone that you can share this with, because that's, that's, that's our purpose. And you might be asking, well, how do I do this? Um, one of the ways I found is there's this nifty little app called Life on Mission. And it walks you through the steps, got this nice little diagram here, and you walk it through and it tells you everything, and it's like, a, it's like a blueprint. It's like, say this, this, and this, and it's a clear presentation of how to share it with people. So be praying for people in your lives this week.